Hi, this is Bron Burton, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Radio Marinara, a weekly radio show exploring all things wet and salty, broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via Radio Marinara's Facebook page. Is that music? It is a wonderful start to the morning. It is a Sunday morning. You're on 3 Triple R. It's about two minutes past the hour of nine o'clock. This is Radio Marinara. I'm Anthony Boxhall. And he waits, hoping one of them will pick it up. I'll go. Hi, I'm Bron Burton. <laughs> and I'm Cade Mills. Awesome. We did it. Fantastic. I was I was waiting for you, Kate, because you're in studio. <laughs> he's, um, he's actually having some audio problems. So um, he, we can hear him, but he can't hear us. So he's going to keep like trying. Um, so uh, how are you, Bron? I'm well, Anth. Um, yes, I'm, I'm uh, broadcasting from home today, Skyping in from home. So, uh, yes, we're, we're still maintaining um, the, the uh, restrictions that we need to maintain for a little bit longer. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But good, yeah, enjoying this kind of yo-yo weather that we seem to be having. Oh, it's crazy, it's isn't crazy, it? Isn't it? I just love it. It feels like, yeah, when did we suddenly get a tropical, um, you know, <laughs> when did we become the tropics? Uh, anyway, we know when we did and it's also to thankfully, the, you know, um, Scott from marketing has got that under control, like that whole yes. climate hey, change you. thing. Thanks. Thanks very much, Tim, for Vital Bits, as always. Um, thank you, Andrew, for Soulful Bits. I didn't actually hear that much of Vital Bits this morning, oh, Ant. Because, hey. um, Sorry, you go. Yeah. Oh, well, you and I were kind of uh, getting prepared for this show um, off air and, um, yeah, and uh, liaising with one of our special guests today. Oh, I know. Can we can, – well, let's hold off the surprise. Can we okay. hold the surprise? I'm so excited. Um, okay, we've got you back. Well, no, he's – you've got to press I'm go. Back. He's That's back. it. I'm he's on. Here we go. Back. Do you know, I, so I heard almost all of Vital Bits this morning because I was up at 6am taking a child to a water polo training session that wasn't on. <laughs> yeah, that was enormous fun. Yeah. So there we were standing at MSAC at seven and they're going, no, what are you doing here? Anyway, um, so, but the upside was I got virtually all of Vital Bits and Tim played the 30th birthday. He played what? like like most of the 30th birthday show. It was fantastic. Was I was there, so was Bron. Yes. yes. I could hear you guys singing at the end. <laughs> <laughs> it was, was brilliant. It was a great day. Wasn't it, Kate? It sure was. Yes, and I got to, I actually came a little bit late, so I actually got to hear Edith singing, which was a most interesting song about Parsley and Woolworths. <laughs> <laughs> it was sensational. Yeah, he's just, you know, it was wonderful. And then, of course, Soulful Bits was um, Esther. Oh, now I've forgotten her last name. That wonderful soul singer died in the mid-'80s. Anyway, extraordinary. Um, and so, yeah, it was a great, it was a great show. Tim, as usual, as usual. He's, you know, he raises the bar, doesn't he? And then we, do we pick it up or do we lower it? Oh, no. Well, we, yeah. Well, <laughs> we take it. What do we do? We take it. We submerge it. That's, oh, what, that's we right, what we do. We take do, it yeah. below the water. Put a pinch of salt on it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and um, we've got a wonderful show. We've got an incredibly busy show. Um, Neil Blake is joining us. We're gonna, he's going to talk about um, uh, the Baykeeper. We're going to talk about uh, microplastics, uh, Asian shore crabs, a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, Simon Musto is going to join us after half past. We're going to talk about the band C. Um, and blue whales and um, incredible coupling of biology, climate, and oceanography, and Cade then. And then we've got Dr. Kasan Ekanayaki, hopefully I'll get that right when he's back on air, from BirdLife Australia, just reminding us about the beach nesting birds because we're all going to be heading down the coast this summer and there's a few there that are a bit vulnerable and how we can be good citizens when we're at the beach to look after them. So huge show. And then in the middle of all that, like, you know, amazing kind of marine and coastal content, Bron, we're doing something else as well. Yes, uh, Radio Marinara favourite for pretty much the entire length that this program has run. Um, Mal Webb is going to be joining us and performing live um, with Kylie Corrigan and so excited. We're so excited. That's the crowd can hear it. There's like hundreds of them. Just, you know, as, as we what? all know, um, uh, yeah, Morrigan, sorry, thanks, Mal. He's just sent me a message. I, you know, I had it in my head. I thought, I'm, I know I'm going to get this wrong. 
apologies, Kylie. Kylie Morrigan, Mal Webb, and they're going to be joining us and performing live um, through the, the second half of the show. So we're very, That's very excited. And there's interactive stuff, Ant. We have to, we have to do something. Yeah. Marley Corrigan. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. So we, I know, I'm, I'm really, yeah. So that's the problem about having your guests later muted online because they're texting you the whole time. The, um, it's wonderful too. So we're getting this stream of kind of discussion from Mel on the chat as well. So anyway, yes. Now we have to do something live. Now this is going to be challenging. We don't have to sing though, do we? Because I, I can uh, do that. Well, I, you like doing that, Anne, don't you? She should see Kylie and Malice shaking their heads very vigorously. For God's sake, Anthony, don't you sing. There's a bit of a mystery bit in the middle where you, yeah. where all three of us have to contribute. And Ooh. so we're going to be guided by Mel through that process. Awesome. Love it. Um, nice. Yeah. So it's going to be a busy show. We better get into it. Should we? Um, you want to talk about the weather? And yes, then I've we're got going to talk weather. about Reef Live. But, but you Pardon? go the weather. Let's go the weather first and we'll go Reef Live after that. Yeah, perfect. Um, so today, heading for a top of 20 degrees, shower or two and windy, uh, partly cloudy, which seems to be mostly cloudy where I'm sitting in the, you know, southeast. Um, uh, chance of showers most likely during this afternoon and early evening. Chance of a thunderstorm about the bayside suburbs later tonight. Winds western or westerly 25 to 40 kilometres per hour. Tomorrow, showers increasing, heading for a top of 18. Tuesday, same thing, 18, possible morning shower. Wednesday, 23, up again, and uh, partly cloudy. Nice. Thursday, Summer's 21, here. partly cloudy. Sorry. Summer's here. Yeah, 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 pretty yeah, much. Yeah, it's okay. Haven't got away. Well, sort of spring, really, those low 20s. Um, and it's going to be like that for the rest of the week. Thursday, 21, partly cloudy. Friday, 23, partly cloudy. And then... Boom, up to 28 on Saturday. Well, that's a bit far away, but let's hope for, hope for that. I love it. Um, yeah, so a bit showery the next two days and then low 20s for the rest of the week. So very pleasant. And tired times, I'm just clicking on a different screen. At uh, Port Phillip Heads, we are heading for a low tide at 10.43 this morning and then a high tide at 4.05 this afternoon. Brilliant, 4.05 low tide. It might be a bit blustery out there, though. Just a touch. Just a touch Just to be out on the on the platform at four o five, for the low tide. Hey, that I, what a that, I don't get this weather. I do, I do. Anyway, we have Scotty from marketing to thank. He's fixing it. It's fine. Um, so, Reef Live. Yes. Oh my goodness me. Wasn't now, it great? Now I I don't know. Do you remember, Bron? Like, were you? On the we, we used to go on diving trips together many years ago. And were you yes. on the diving trip where we were in Lady Musgrove where we accidentally dived in the night dive on the coral reef this morning? Were you no. On that trip? Oh, my God, it was extraordinary. I thought you might have been on that one. It might have been the one after. But anyway, no, we all went for a night dive. And we're all a bit, ah, we're all a bit I remember, frustrated. I remember it happening, but I wasn't on that dive. So we got out there. We're on Lady Musgrove, yep. so right in the south near Heron Island. Where, and, and so we, we went out there and we're all a little bit frustrated. Like, what is this murkiness in the water? What? The visibility's <laughs> awful. And then you kind of look closely and you're like, oh, my goodness, the coral is spawning. You know, yeah. And so we actually were diving um, on that. And this would be... <clears throat> too many decades ago to worry about um but you know and and it was remarkable and so it's been kind of wonderful to see and if you think about it you know that was you know what 20 years ago or whatever and now it's a national live television event coral spawning i love it, it was, it's so good and if you um haven't if you missed Reef Live on Friday. It um, it's a two part event. So the second part is tonight. It goes for about an hour, hour and a half. Mm -hmm. um, Eight forty tonight on ABC and iView. And cannot recommend this highly enough. It's 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 fascinating. It's kind of um it's it is live, but then they kind of you know break it up with um, pre recorded footage of all kinds of different things. So um the it just it covers so much obviously touching into the, um, the you know, the really serious issue of coral bleaching and the threats that the reef mm. is facing. Um, it was followed up by, I don't know if you stuck around, Anth, afterwards for a documentary about oh, David no. Attenborough and um, sort of all the, it was a behind-the-scenes doco about how he actually works. It was um, him, him at 90. And there's another um, Attenborough um, documentary after Reef Live again tonight, so definitely worth carving out that time and just sitting back and, and watching it. But it was great. It, I thought it was excellent. It was so well hosted. So Hamish McDonald, who you know from Q&A, um, Brooke Satchwell, and um, Dr Jordan Yuen, um, scientist and inventor. So it was, it was it just was. ace. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would totally recommend it, having a look tonight if you missed it. Go back and... 
you know, today it's going to rain, so go and have a look at the Friday night's version and then watch the live one. The, the funny thing was, of course, you're waiting for a natural event. So, of course, everything can go wrong here. So it's like it's like waiting to anything live. You know something's yeah. going to go wrong. So thankfully they had a whole lot of really cool footage package stuff and then they would cut to the guy who's underwater with the camera and the torches going, is it going like... Uh, Oh, not quite yet. Okay, all right, <laughs> off we go. <laughs> like but how great hilarious. was it when they cut to the lab? There's a lab yes. um, in, in Townsville. Ames. Yeah, and then all of a sudden the, the corals <laughs> that were in the lab, because they've got all these experiments going on as well, all started releasing their spawn and uh, it was it was so good. And it was hilarious too because we're probably giving away too much here, but of course they, they, they're all in red light because the, yes. you, know, you need moonlight is what does it. So they kept the light red so that didn't affect the coral and everybody in the lab is walking around for them in the complete dark and so we're seeing this footage of people kind of like with red headlamps on like going peering into what it's fantastic watch it it's brilliant i love that a natural wonder about the marine environment is now a live television event and if it changes one person's mind about emissions that's a brilliant thing that's right so powerful i was i just really hope they do it again next year and for every year after that Oh, brilliant. Um, yep. So, anyway, ABC, get the IV version from fr- of Friday, watch it first and then watch the live one tonight and <laughs> just watch them kind of with their little cameras and torches going, oh, look, it's coming, look, oh, they're coming out now. It's wonderful. Indeed, you are on 3 R. This is Radio Marinara. It's about uh, 17 minutes past the hour of 9 o'clock. We have people everywhere all over town doing wonderful things. We've got special guest live music from... Mel Webb and Kylie Morrigan. We've got wonderful stuff happening. Bron, we've still got you. Yes. Wow. Cade, we've still I'm got you. I'm still here. And we are it's now bringing in the Baykeeper, Neil. Neil Blake, good morning and welcome. Diving right in now, eh? <laughs> good to be with you. I love it. I heard the splash, Neil. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Hey, welcome. Good morning. Now, you've been... Um, doing a bit with microplastics. Yeah, something that's uh, been on my mind for a little while now, Ants, and uh, I'm keen uh, in the new year to get uh, all of the groups that have been collecting data on plastic pollution to come together and have a, a, an all-day forum to sort of talk, talk about what they've found, but also think about where we where we go from here in terms of uh, uh, advocacy towards uh, reducing plastics escaping into the environment. And are you finding, what are you finding? Are you finding that there are lots of people and they're all using different methods? Um, or have you got everyone now honed in on the the one way? No, no well, everyone seems to have a different purpose. Uh, and I guess there's a bit of a common threat to it, but uh, uh, the methods uh, need to be synced a little bit, I suspect, if we're actually going to really bring about this product stewardship that needs to be... Uh, uh, brought into effect if we're going to reduce plastic skinning into the environment. How and the method that you've that you use at the Eco Centre, can you use it kind of in any beach? Because I understand that you know it's now you guys have got this worked out, so it's pretty much any beach condition. This this method will work. Uh, yeah, it should do. Uh, it's uh, the um, the aim of it really, and I suppose the one thing that distinguishes it from other uh, data collection methods is that we've set out to design a method which is simply about collecting data and not associated with a cleanup. So the the cleanup uh, tends to be the first uh, primary thing in people's minds uh, when they're going about that uh, rather than collecting data. And so uh, what I was noticing was that the microplastics weren't being uh, recorded that often or not, or if they they were a, a secondary consideration, you know, so it was uh, you might record if you saw more than a hundred or something like that, rather than actually getting getting down on and write write down and actually having a close look and recording what was actually there. Do you, oh, Brian? No, you go for it. Oh, Neil, um, I just wanted we thanked you, we congratulated you um, last week when you weren't on the program, but now that you're here, I just wanted to congratulate you in person um, for taking out the. Um, the uh, award for an inspiring community engagement and education. This is the Victorian Marine and Coastal Awards, which we've been talking about over the last few weeks. But congratulations, just so well deserved. And picking up on what you were saying, I'm just reading from the summary of um, of, of why 
uh, U.S. Port Phillip Baykeeper and the Port Phillip Eco Centre were given this award. Just wanting to kind of mention these numbers, the program that you run has engaged over 27,000 participants, 27,000 participants and co coordinated 26,700 volunteer hours to monitor and improve catchment and coastal and marine health. So amazing. Congratulations. Yeah, well, that's great. It's been great to be part of it all, Bron, I have to say, and, and I really must insist, though, that it's, it's the Echo Centre team that's delivered that right all the way through from the committee members uh, uh, to the volunteers and staff. Yeah, no, that's really fantastic. I just, Sorry, Anne. I, know, that's a, that I just wanted to jump in there. Now you've got 27 hours under your belt, 27,000 hours, sorry, under your belt. What are you going to do with the next 27,000 hours of volunteers' work? Like what's coming up in the future, Neil? <laughs> oh, well, I think what we've found is that uh, certainly there's an appetite for uh, actually gathering uh, data in the catchments. So, you know, I've always said that uh, what uh, goes on in the burbs impacts on the bay. And so if we really want to keep the bay healthy, we, we need to focus more on, on the streets and what's going on in the catchments. And that's an area where I think street audits in particular can be invaluable for uh, informing source reduction plans for local governments, for example. And I was just going to ask, the street audits there, basically anyone can do that, local community. I know you've got the scouts involved, but are you trying to sort of branch that out to make it accessible to more people to collect more data? Uh, yes, well, the, the Scouts Street to Bay project is actually coming to conclusion uh, in the next month or so, and so there may be some of them that continue doing that, but we need to uh, bring in other community groups or uh, businesses, whoever, schools, for example, that might want to get involved in, in uh, continuing that data collection. It's a sensational program. It's a great idea. I, um, I, I'm keen to know, you guys have been collecting, there's been a moon snail egg mass survey happening as well. Yeah. Now, before yeah, we do that, can uh, you describe... we just kicked that off, Ant. Actually, um, the aim being to see whether or not the production of the egg masses is associated with full moons. Uh, so uh, we're going to have a number of beaches around the bay being monitored by volunteers between now and, uh, say, the end of um, April, next April, uh, to record how many egg masses they find on any given date. And then we'll be able to crunch the numbers to see whether the uh, prevalence of egg masses was associated with the moon. And, of course, the, 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 the moon snail egg mass is probably the most seen thing that people look at on the beach and go, oh, cool, what's that? Is that a jellyfish? <laughs> the big jelly lump that used to throw each other, throw at each <laughs> other when exactly you were kids. exactly what you did. <laughs> yeah. That's a yeah. moon snail egg mass. So, that you know, everyone will have experienced moon snails, but they probably, most people won't have even realised that they're actually snail egg masses, not a piece of kind of a sea jelly. Yeah, they're amazing. If you hold them up to the light, you can see all these little dots in there and uh, that's uh, little life forms waiting to get out there. So uh, it, it, it's a good connection and uh, introduction, I guess, to, to marine ecology. How do they end up on the beach, Neil? When the um, moon snail lays the egg mass, do they kind of float and then sort of make their way in with the tide? or Because they're such a common thing for people to see. And as Ant said, people do confuse them with jellyfish. Um, how do they end up on the beach, do we know? Uh, well, I think it's probable um, tidal conditions, but once they get into closer to shore, uh, then probably the wave action would have, play a big factor there, so the wind direction would be key. I got a, a photo, beautiful photo from Josie Jones uh, a couple of days ago which of uh, the egg mass just above the seabed, and she said that was in about two metres depth of water. Mm. Uh, which So they... they uh, I, wasn't clear which direction it was heading, but they do seem to be just uh, on the seabed and moved with tidal action. Mm. So this survey that that um, you're that you're getting everyone to kind of lob into. So they'll, oh, we'll get to how people can get involved. But this is a good opportunity for people to perhaps instead of <laughs> you know the kids picking them up and throwing them at each other, maybe actually pick them up, count them, decide you know note down where you found them, uh, other information that you need in the survey, and then throw them at your little sister. Is so. What's the like? How do people get involved in this survey? Uh, well, if they just uh, contact the Echo Centre, they can email us at info at ecocentre.com to let, uh, let us know they're interested and we'll be in touch with them. 
Uh, I think the, the key protocol, Ant, is that if you're going to throw a match at little sister, you have to ask her to go and stand in the water so that the uh, <laughs> Excellent. Okay, thank you. That can be the summer. Everyone, there you go, <laughs> listeners. There is the summer protocol for throwing moon snail egg masses at each other is count it first, add it to the database, and then throw it at each other yeah. in the water. That's it. Perfect. <laughs> hey, but now, you're not wrong. while you're out there, while people are out there, um, you know, we're talking about wonderful things on our shores. Also, there are other things on our shores that shouldn't be there. Asian shore crabs. Um, uh, what's, would, you, would you want people to start, you know, noting them as well? Yeah, well, they're a recent introduction. I think that's been mentioned on uh, Marinara mm. not long ago, but they were recorded, I think, on October the 30th for the first time in the bay. Uh, and they've been noted at Ricketts Point as well as at Mount Martha and have possibly more widespread. So um, the Department of Agriculture is uh, hoping that people can report if they do spot these little critters uh, because the problem is once they're established, uh, it's really impossible to get rid of them. So rapid action is required. Uh, so we can find out if they are just in isolated locations, they may be able to be eradicated. So... Um, uh, the trick, of course, is to make sure you uh, identify them correctly. So it's good if you can get a photo and email that to uh, marine.pests at agriculture.bic.gov.au. Okay, and also with the location where you spotted them. So, yeah, and I know on Agriculture's website they've actually got information about what these look like because you can, it is possible in the right light to confuse them with with local crabs. Um, so true. the last yeah. thing you want to do is start ripping out local crabs. So, yeah, go and have a look at them. And then, yeah, I think as, as, as you say, Neil, get on, we get onto this as, as, you know, we talked about in past shows, we get onto this, he's possible at the early stage of an infestation to eradicate a pest before it becomes a full pest. Bron, you look like you're about to... Nope. nope. Okay. <laughs> you had that poised. I'm that poised. Yeah. No. No. I just agree with everything that Neil's just said. And we we are. You're right, Anth. We this is an opportunity for us to actually get in at the early stages, and um, that's something that Victoria has proven itself to be quite good at doing. Is uh, is taking something that can be a potential disaster and knocking it on the head. Yeah. So I had a look at um, the history of they've in, invaded uh, the northern. North America, so on the Atlantic coastline there, and uh, uh, they were first found there. I think it was in 1988, and um, they've now become very well established and widespread. And that it seems like it's almost a playbook for invasive species that they have uh, quite a high reproductive capacity. So that the breeding season of these crabs is about twice as long as the native crabs. Uh, and also, they don't have uh, the parasites that tend to keep their population in check in, in, in their native range, yeah. not in the areas where they're being introduced. So uh, they've just got things going for them. And they have also omnivorous, so they're, they're not fussy about what they eat. Um, so they, they've got every opportunity to increase. And, of course, that means that they end up competing. So the the... Upshot of that is that the numbers have increased in the United States and the native crab species over there have been declining. Absolutely. Hey, Neil, it's been wonderful to have you on. Thank you very much for joining us this morning. So we'll put some connections to the Echo Centre the, on, the fa on Facebook. I was going to say, there's a Facebook. Yeah, I'll put it on the Facebook and I'll send it out on the email. Um, and um, Sorry, Bron, you go. Oh, I just wanted to thank Neil very much um, because this is Neil's final program for 2020. Neil, you oh, will yes. be back with us in 2021. I do hope so, unless those moon snails get me. <laughs> just, just thank you mate. so much for everything this year because uh, next week is our final program for 2020. So thanks so much. It's been a, a fascinating year, of course, for everyone, but um, it's been wonderful having you part of our program as always. Thanks. Uh, it's been great to be part of America. <laughs> oh, oh, Captain Trash has turned up. <laughs> Love it. Thanks so much, Neil. See ya. And indeed, you are on 3 Triple R. You're on Radio Marinara. It's about half past nine. Bron, you're gonna, I'm going to give you the honours of a major introduction of our next important guest. 
Yes, um, look, this is really super exciting. I think the last time Mal Webb joined us um, on Radio Marinara solo, this time he's with uh, Kylie Morrigan, also known as Miley Corrigan, uh, was a, a few years ago. So, look, if, if you haven't come across Mal Webb before, maybe it's your first time listening to Radio Marinara because he's been a long-time friend um, and um, uh, sometimes vo- um, musical member of our program for yes. as long as we've been broadcasting, Anth, 23 years. I can't so, remember uh, more than that. Just more than that. <laughs> Um, so Mel is uh, described as a vocal adventurer, songwriter, and multi-instrumentalist from Melbourne, Australia. I don't think that does him justice. And um, and is here joining us with Kylie Morrigan for some wonderful musical treats. Well, Good morning, Mel. Good morning, Kylie. Good, Good morning. morning. Lovely to see you all. Well, hear you all. <laughs> Excellent. It's so yeah, wonderful I- to have you. How, how have you guys been going through 2020? It's the dumbest question of all, but um, well, I've been I've been quietly loving it, like because I I've, I've been very much always been very much a uh, down a musical rabbit hole sort of a guy. So it's just been like ah yeah, just all those things I've been meaning to do, I've just done and there's, running there's on been, the beach and you know and, and lots of new complicated songs from Mal and and yeah the interesting <laughs> rabbit holes down uh, polyrhythmic tunnels yeah. Yeah, blue polyrhythm seven over five is my etc. is my favourite thing at the moment. But uh, you know, there'll be explanations of that later on. I, I can't wait for that. <laughs> I, I don't even know what a polyrhythm is, but I'm I, I, I'm already. I'm, can I have one, please? Yeah. <laughs> can I have one? I want one. You now. might regret saying that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's been terrible because I've been, it. you know, like we've been in isolation, and okay, people will go, "Oh, so what have you been working on?" It's like, oh. Okay, no, I'll go into it and there's this look of people going, oh, God, really? Kylie backs away. I love that. It'll be that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Can you, can you go back into isolation, please? <laughs> <laughs> Come back when it's ready <laughs> and it's cooked. <laughs> now, you guys want to play something? Yeah. So we will shut up. Just now, appropriate to the uh, marine environment. It's uh, all about the fact that when you throw stuff away, there's no such thing as a way. So this song's called The Magical Land of Away, where people think they can throw things away and it'll just go away, but it doesn't go away because we're in a global bubble. And uh, this song's featuring my guitar, which you can hear. And uh, for those who can't see, it's a very interesting guitar. Um, it's got no head and no body. Um, and I'm going to put down a little loop to start with, so I can loop everything today. Here we go. So... Here we go. Come on. Let's get rid of the loop for a bit. Le mer du polymer. La mer du polymer. You know the microplastics here. Yeah, yeah. Le mer du polymer. La mer du polymer. Le mer du mer. La mer du mer. Yeah, the ocean of shit. Yeah, le mer du polymer. La mer du polymer. Le mer du mer. Yeah. When you throw it away, it doesn't go away. In this global... Oh, I might as well get the words right. Yeah, here we go. When you throw it away, it doesn't go away. If you're so disposed, it's gonna stay. In the earth, in the sea, in the atmosphere. The magical land of away is right here. When you buy a takeaway or get a giveaway In this global bubble we all pay But some choose to refuse the refuse, it's clear The magical land of away is right here Ah, you can't sweep it away under the carpet You can't wash it away down the sink Cause that distant place to where you flush it away Is way closer than you might think Disposability is a false economy Sustainability needs high quality Built to last year after year after year The magical land of away is right here Ah, pay peanuts, get monkeys Buy cheap, buy twice It's the price you pay For not paying the price the cloud isn't a cloud, and streaming's not a stream. As unearthly as a server might seem, it's not remotely remote from our spinning sphere. The magical land of away is right here. You 
can't tow it away over the horizon. You can't stow it away behind the ship. Cause our kids, kids, kids will still be dealing with this long after we're dead. Stephen Hawking admits near the end of his wits that even black holes aren't bottomless pits. Put away relativity far and near. The magical land of away is right here. Ah, you can't run away from your demons. You can't lock them away behind bars. You can't hide away, steal away, fly away any day soon to the moon or Mars. There's no quick getaway, no Roman holiday. You can leave your mind behind, so why stray? Distant grass isn't greener. Try buying what's nearby here by the finest array. Be well nigh. Ah, Cause with coronavirus, there is no them enough. Mother Nature's takeaway message is thus. She's a friend to care for, not a foe to fear. Share the planet fairly, don't profiteer. Don't look away, let 2020 be a visionary The magical land of away. The magical land of away. The magical land of away. Thank you. There's all of us clapping. That is wonderful. <laughs> oh, Mel, thank you, Melancholy. That is wonderful. We're gonna, we, we'll be, you'll be back again for another song after oh. we have a, 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 some more marine and coastal news and views. It's gonna be wonderful. Very exciting. Awesome, Mel Webb, Kylie Morrigan, the magical land of away. And at about this time. Going to bring, we're going to talk about the, the band to see. Now, Simon Musto is a local marine ecologist, former consultant, a wildlife blogger, and a traveller, expeditioner, I would sometimes say. He's written a very interesting blog that ties blue whale feeding, the Indian Ocean diapole, last summer's bushfires, and the band to see all into one story of biodiversity, climate, and ocean interconnectedness. Good morning, Simon, and welcome back to Radio Marinara. Morning. How are you all today? Wonderful. Fantastic. It's been a great morning. We, we, of course, flat out and we're really late. But we're, what the hell, we're having fun. Um, now, tell me, look, there's a bit on in this blog. Um, you know, let's start with, with where and what is the Banda Sea? I think that's the best place to start. Okay. So the Banda Sea is an area of ocean north of Australia. So we're about 600 to 800 kilometres north of Darwin. Um, it's an extremely deep basin, if you think of like a big mixing bowl. Um, they're about... Uh, Millions of years ago, there was a, an event that caused the collapse of the seabed, basically an uplifting of the um, continental plate, which caused a ring of volcanoes, and the seafloor basically dropped away, and it created what's known as the Weber Deep, which is about 7,700 metres. So it's one of the most unexplored areas of the world, and it's on average deeper than the Pacific Ocean. Now, what happens is the Pacific Ocean flows in from the uh, west, uh, part of the Great Ocean conveyor, bringing very, very hot tropical um, and lean water, very nutrient poor, it enters the Banda Sea and it kind of just stirs around in there for a while before it empties out into the Indian Ocean. And what scientists and oceanographers have found is the Banda Sea is actually quite an important location for global climate because it moderates the temperature between the Pacific and the Indian Ocean. In fact, it drops the sea surface. The sea surface temperature drops by about three degrees. Wow. Indian Ocean, uh, uh, water that enters the Indian Ocean drops by about a degree. Um, each bit flows through there. Okay, have you been to the Banda Sea? I didn't even know it was, where it was until it's you exactly. sent through the sheet and I had to do some homework and now it's my um, dive destination trip I that say, I have yeah. to go to. Yeah. It is a remarkable place. Now, the other bit of background we have to do, because you just talked about the way that it, it you know, lowers that, that sea temperature between the two oceans, which is kind of remarkable in itself. But the other thing that we need to have a bit of background is the Indian Ocean Dipole. We have talked about it over many years. Marinara, we talked about it in the lead-up when the Bureau was saying, hey, uh, you know, in about 2018, or oh, the next bit looks like we're going to have a positive Indian Ocean dipole and we're having a La Nino. What does this all mean, or El Nino? Anyway, and so it, it, the Indian Ocean dipole does influence Australia's climate enormously. Yeah, what's the 30-second version of that, Simon? <laughs> okay, so so the um, what, what basically happens is uh, South... Um, depending on the strength of the direction of the wind. So when you get a very strong southeast monsoon, when uh, warm air uh, rises over the central Himalayan plateaus um, and it sucks 
uh, in from from Australia and, and around the world. Um, it creates these southeasterly winds that flow over the top of the Banda Sea, and you get the you get either a, a, a sort of cooling or a warming, uh, or you get a fluctuation of about 1.2 degrees C either side of normal. And when you get more cool conditions, it causes a, a, the air to drop from the stratosphere down, and that air is very dry. And that's what we had during the 2019 bushfire season. The air was very dry and it was, it was flowing away from Australia, so it was sucking air out through the desert. So we had very little rainfall. During the opposite um, dipole, the, the negative dipole, effectively the opposite occurs. You get a, a slightly more warming. Um, and so the, the flow goes in the opposite direction and the, and the air rises, creating humidity, uh, which then flows off Australia and creates rainfall. Yeah, and it's really interesting. I kind of feel like, you know, compared to Enso in the Pacific Ocean, which we all know as La Nina, La Nina, La Nina and El Nino, it's almost like the Indian Ocean Dipole needs a nickname. Um, and it'll get, you know, because it's as powerful. It, it impacts our our climate as much as La Nina El Nino does, um, but it just doesn't have a cool nickname. Anyway, now tell us about the blue whales and their part in all of this because they're involved. I did not know this until you brought this to my attention. Marine mammals and animals in general mix the oceans to an enormous extent. That's right. So, so this is this is information that's only really become uh, more widely apparent in the last few years. So, there's been quite a lot of unifying studies globally, starting to look at sort of big data sets, uh, and it, it, science is becoming more aware of the role that marine vertebrates, so actually animals in general, but we will talk about blue whales today, play in the role of uh, the sort of climate ecosystem coupled um, systems in in the world. Now, these blue whales that we get in the Banda Sea are actually the same blue whales that are currently off the south coast of Victoria. So it's very relevant to what we're talking to Radio Marinara. We have blue whales currently congregating in the um, Boniat Coast Upwelling uh, off uh, Portland and Kangaroo Island and as far east as uh, Bass Strait. Um, and those animals migrate to the Banda Sea to then enjoy the um, riches of an upwelling that happen in a, for very similar reasons in the Banda Sea. Now, Blue whales are only part, obviously, of a bigger system. But what scientists have found is that about a third of, up to about a third of ocean mixing can be due to the movement of marine vertebrates up and down through the, the mixing layer. In the oh. Banda Sea, is particularly prominent. One third. Can we just hang on? Can we pause there yeah, one second? Yeah. One third of ocean mixing could be oh. biologically generated, not by wind, not by, but, but actually just by animal or vertebrates and invertebrates all moving up and down, you know, I guess taking it in, putting it out, swimming through it. That's extraordinary. That's right. And, and when you consider that the, the populations of things like hammerhead sharks have declined by 96%, and they're moving from the you know, anoxic zone in the deep right up to the surface continually, mm. um, blue whales obviously have declined, uh, many, many species, you know, the bigger tuna and so on. Um, the reduction in that process uh, creates a problem for us when we look at someone like the Banda Sea, which answers a bell for ocean climate and, and, and atmospheric climate and temperature. I just, it's, uh, yeah, that, that's mind-blowing. And so, therefore, draw it home for us, this link between, and I know it's a, it's a tenuous, but it is a, in making an important point about the link between the mass blue whale um, aggregations that you saw in 2019, the Indian Ocean Dipole, and the, the terrible fires over the summer. Okay, well, look, I don't think it's actually a tenuous link. I think it's actually quite well well proven in many ways. It's just sort of putting the joining the, the dots together. Yep, yep. So, blue, so, okay, so blue whales are not the only species, obviously, responsible for that mixing, but they are a prominent part of that trophic system that creates that. Um, so, what it, it's a bit, it's a bit um, uh, in, in a converse way that what the blue whales actually did in the Banda Sea in nineteen was respond to a stronger southeasterly wind. So, that's the latest monsoon uh, ever recorded. And that was widely regarded as being due to climate change over Central Asia. And the result of that is the blue whales actually got a real bumper feeding year. So they were mm. actually driving even cooler temperatures. Now, by driving cooler temperatures, you create more drying of the, of the Australian continent. So in some respects, the blue whales actually contributed to the worsening of the, of the bushfires in yes, Australia. Yes, because the drying, but, of course, the cooler temperatures creates the drying on the positive Indian Ocean dipole, which means there's yeah. not the, the the rain shadows coming down through the middle of the country that would normally happen. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, so I've likened it in the blog to like a, a refrigerator. So your back of your fridge is actually warm. You know, you, you, whatever you do to, to drive and pump a process using energy to try and cool something, you're going to have a warm side and a cool side. 
the whales went into overdrive. They fed harder than they would normally feed as a result of being coupled to this whole um, valve process in the Banda Sea. Um, so their contribution was, you know, was not a deliberate one. It's just what they do. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we just happen in Australia to be on the warmer side of that process. That's extraordinary. It's a wonderful kind of it, it's a it's a big picture scale version of a kind of the a really clear coupling for those of you know those who don't realise of the importance of oceanographic conditions, climatic conditions, and then the biodiversity role that, that biodiversity plays in that. And so, in a way, Simon, I wonder, like, as you point out in your blog, this is an argument for maintaining biodiversity because of the central part, play that, well, part that biodiversity has is in kind of maintaining these massive global climate systems. That, that's right. And I, and I kind of, I, the other thing I sort of would equate it to is like a, um, if you make a cake and you throw all the ingredients into a bowl, you really haven't got anything. So that's kind of the physical structures, if you like. That's the uh, Indian Ocean through-flow currents, the, the band of sea mixing. All those things would happen anyway, regardless of animals. But human beings, we live in a, a, a domain which is among other animals. So the animals, what the animals do is they, they turn it into a cake. They stir it. They put the ingredients in. They actually create, if you like, for instance, with blue whales, they're creating concentration hotspots for algae. Algae, obviously, are absorbing carbon. Uh, seabirds are feeding in the same spots. They're creating, uh, there's an effect they have that actually feeds clouds, uh, which creates localized uh, rainfall patterns and reduces temperatures even more. So all of that yeah, is, is integrally connected. And I think there's an underestimation of the, ro- of the significance of the role in an- of animals um, in actually driving our ocean and, well, ecosystem-coupled climate. It's land and sea, but the sea, mm. the sea is particularly strongly indicated, yeah. Thank you so much, Simon. What a fantastic... We're going to put a a link to your blog on our Facebook so people can get into it and have a look at themselves. It's wonderful to kind of step back and just have a look at that big picture and understand that connectedness. Thanks so much for joining us um, again, Simon, and we'll chat next year. No worries. Thanks, Anthony. And Bron. I mean, shall we do more music, Mel? Kylie, Bron? Sounds great. Yeah. (laughs) If you've just tuned in over the last 15 minutes, we're uh, we're so excited today. Joined on Radio Marinara by Mal Webb and Kylie Morrigan. And yay! And uh, they're playing some music for us today. What's uh, what's coming up next, Mal and Kylie? Well, we're going to make quickly do because obviously we don't have that much time. Um, so I'm just going to, because I can loop you guys, I've got a, a desk set up here and I've got everything feeding back to itself so I can loop you guys. So um, I'm going to get you guys to give me a live loop, all three of you. And uh, just pretty much a word or two each. Uh, Bron, who's going going second? Uh, okay. That'd be me. Second. Yep. Yeah. So just uh, just word. It's like a word at a time thing, but you can do a couple of words. Um, but we, yeah, make a break. Maybe just a word at a time. Let's just see what your three words. Oh. Yeah, well, could be something brief anyway. <laughs> yeah. Just just okay. and right right close to each other. A, like. con- a concept each. <laughs> so and, a concept so like you, a little phrase. Okay, you're yeah. starting, Bron. Three, okay. two, and so one. I'm, I'm, I'm going to put it in record and just go bang, 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 all three of you. Are you ready? Okay. Are you ready? ready. Set, go. A nudibranch, a oh. spider crab. An old and fish. And an enemy. Uh, I ruined this already. Do we have to start again? Come okay. on. Brian, you're going a bit long there. So, so <laughs> okay. yeah, just, just one word. This is, this is like music, people. Yeah, okay. <laughs> one word. Okay, right. you ready? Set, yep. go. A nudibranch. Old fish. Moon snail. A nudibranch. Perfect. Moon snail. Oh, that's so good. A nudie Let's see what I can do with that. Moon snail. A nudie brank. Old fish. 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 Yeah, baby. Moon snail. A nudie brank. Old fish. 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 Moon snail. A nudie brank. Old 
Goldfish. That's amazing. Mel, <laughs> Kylie, that is wonderful. And, and the fact, I love the fact that we're all in four different locations as well. <laughs> like, you know, no one realises that none of us are in the same room together. Oh, the, the, the day I discovered um, uh, being able to loop remotely, it, it changed my life. So I've been doing workshops and stuff um, with, with kids and stuff, doing uh, looping over the internet. It's been so much fun. That is sensational. Now we're gonna we're gonna Bron, we're gonna play a quick um, message and then we're gonna pick up um, with bird life and yep. um, and, Dr. and birds. Yes, Doctor Kess is ready now. But Bron, now Mel, you've got some live stuff happening. You've got some yeah. online stuff happening. Back playing live. Yeah, we're playing at three or three on the sixteenth, Wednesday the sixteenth, from six till nine pm. Um, we don't know about the numbers yet, so if you're interested in coming, do uh, message me in some form to let me know you're actually coming, so we can. Uh, <laughs> cut it off if, uh, if we reach the limit but um there'll be infinite information on mal's website malweb.com and Mal-web. that's bar 303 by the way in northcote brilliant yeah. we're going to put that on our facebook page you're coming back you two are staying there because we're doing a different outro a <laughs> special <laughs> outro <laughs> i'm going to play quick card and then over to you Cade. chisholm institute offers aspiring artists the opportunity to hone their craft and develop skills and industry knowledge with nationally accredited courses in design photography and visual arts to attend their virtual information sessions being held in december and january register at chisholm.edu.au forward slash arts you can also see student and alumni artwork at chisholm creative industries on social media chisholm institute triple r sponsors all right, I'm going to throw out my long, eloquent introduction and get straight to the point. On the phone, we've got Dr. Kasan Ekanayaki the, from BirdLife Australia. Basically, he's here to tell us how not to be a dick when we're at the beach this summer to protect our beach nesting birds. How are you this morning? Oh, good, good. I'm, I'm very good. Thank you. Um, thank you for the introduction, Cade. Um, yeah, how are you? Oh, look, I'm great. I'm so sorry. We've run over time. We've got live music. It's all sorts of excitement here. And look, we really wanted to get you on because we, every year we discuss the, the hoodies and, you know, the problems they sort of had. Quick question, how have they gone during COVID? Has that been of benefit to them? Well, um, when, when the, the restrictions were in place, uh, it was actually um, during more, well, mainly during the winter. So winter is, is the non-breeding season for these birds. So, um, yes, I mean, it, it definitely had a, had a positive impact on the birds in the sense that they would have had a, a good reprieve from, from crowds on beaches. Uh, but um, when the, the ring of steel was, uh, was lifted, I think, in the, on the first, uh, during the first week of November, um, that's when people started to, you know, hit the beaches in, in big numbers. Um, and obviously um, that, that was when the birds were sort of in the, the, the peak of their breeding season. So, um, uh, yes, it did have a positive impact. But then again, um, the, the, the timing of, of, of obviously the easing of restrictions didn't really um, help with, with, um, with the, the, the breeding season for these birds in, in the sense that, um, you know, a, a, a big crowds uh, started hitting beaches when they had um, eggs and, and little chicks um, on, on, on the ground. So, yeah, it's been good and bad, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And so how are the hoodies 
traveling this year. I know you have a swag of um, volunteers out there helping you and sort of monitoring them. How are they traveling so far? And look, what can people do to basically stay out of the way and ensure their survival? Um, yeah, so uh, this year, I mean, they've been, um, so it's, we're still only a couple of months into the into their breeding season. Um, and um, we've already had a few, um, I'd, say, I'd say a handful of uh, uh, chicks that have managed to reach that flying edge. So we call them fledglings um, in, in Victoria and also in South Australia. Um, so yes, um, there's been a little bit of success, but obviously we would have, we would um, like more success. But um, as as you touched on before, Kate, um, like, look these these volunteers who are basically members of the members of the local communities along the coastline um, are doing a fantastic job of keeping an eye on these birds. And um, you know they when they find um, these these very vulnerable nests on on beaches, uh, they either themselves uh, put you know or erect um, uh, uh, fences and signs to alert beach uh, users of, of these nests or, or get the support of, of the land managers to, to uh, put these fences up so um, and yeah I mean and and uh, like for for a general beaches or a general beach goer say if someone wants to go down to the beach they can they can help these birds um, it's 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 as easy as just paying attention to the the, the signs on beaches and if you if you come across a, a sign that says uh, threatened birds are nesting on this beach just just pay attention read the signs and and uh, just obey the instructions on, on those signs it, it they're, they're very That's... simple things to do if you've got a dog um, put put them on 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 the leash as uh, at least um, till you till you pass through the area uh, where where it's fenced and um, walk along the water's edge. That's that's, that's, that's the key, isn't it? Yes. It yeah, is. Look, I'm exactly. so sorry. I'm going to have to cut you off so rudely there, and we're going to have to get you back in next year because it's not yeah. only the research you're doing with bird life; it's your own research with raven stealing eggs that I really want to talk yeah. about as well. So, thank you so much for your time this morning. I'm so sorry we're cutting you off. Um, we that's will get you back in fine. next year. Thank you, Kasan. Not a, not a problem. I'd love to join you again, uh, Kate. Uh, thanks for the opportunity. Brilliant. Thank you. All right, we're. We're running into the doctor's time, but I hey. I love, I love that people are putting up their own fences. We've of got course. to start the outro. Here's the outro. It's going to start. Hi, this is Bron Burton. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Triple R's Radio Marinara, a weekly radio show exploring all things wet and salty, broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via Radio Marinara's Facebook page.